Welcome, oh, ladies and gentlemen. I guess so. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. Are we okay to run into this? Let's start again. I was unpre I was unprepared at all. I'm so I I cut in ah. to what you were about to say. With the beginning of our podcast somewhat committed, yes. I'm Adam Curtis. And I'm Simon Birdle. I was way un underprepared this week. I We were having a normal conversation about Hulk Hogan and then BAM! Straight into work. BAM. Straight to it. And, and isolating one of your best friends yep. from everyone you ever have ever known. God, ever known. I hope you're editing this week. I hope you leave the context in and don't make me seem like a massive asshole <laughs> just because you can't do a hulk hogan impression and in today's media why would you ever want to do a hulk hogan's impression that man uh yes has done some stuff dated yes you could say although, so somewhat although i don't watch wrestling so i have no affection either way so it's it's fringe experience if only by what you first exposed me to to then expose us the bombs of giants. Oh yes, bombs of giants. In the states. Thank yes, you, well, by the way, it, it it's a good website to be introduced to, and it's a it's a good thing to have. Although you've given me one of my best t-shirts that spawned from <laughs> that site, so I'm happy with that too. Man, and it was only because it was on the very edge of that website. It was through social media that I only just picked up. They they one of them was doing a charity stream. Yeah. And they said, hey, here's a t-shirt. And I said, okay. I'll buy that. And now I wear it. And I'm not wearing it now, but I've worn it every single possible event I could have worn it the last two weeks. And it's a t-shirt that says, Dan Reichard is a monster, which is the most accurate statement I've ever seen on a t-shirt before. And only evidence due to his recent antics. Yes. And his writing. Um, I reread Air Force Alligator and that book is a train wreck of a story oh, really? but it's amazing I recommend everyone out there go and read Air Force Alligator and its sequel I've not read his recent book though which was the um, like the smartest kid in dumb class or something I can't remember the full title of that I oh, know it's like the smartest kid in special class or it, it's basically it's a autobiography of his life and him growing up. Sure. But, yeah. Speaking of events Ooh. over the last two weeks, would you like to tell me about where you wore this t-shirt? Uh, I had grand plans for this uh, wearing that t-shirt. Because you, on my stag do, you handed it to me. And I, I thought, I've got two runs coming up. And uh, I would wear it on one of them and hopefully get on television wearing that t-shirt. Didn't quite go to plan ended up wearing a different t-shirt for really silly reasons but um yeah the last two weeks i've been pretty much trading for some badly planned runs i signed up to almost six months ago cool earlier this year i was horribly out of shape and i didn't exercise and didn't do really eat, eat healthily or do anything earlier this year um i thought i would change that and um me and a friend from work uh, signed up for the Cardiff Half Marathon. And I thought, great, well, here, there's a there's a reason to train. So I'll, I'll head towards that. 
it's so good, I, it's, a, it's a fantastic goal. It is. Um, I started training, like, I've started running every day now, and that was kind of, like, sort of my motivation of, like, hey, you just go and do stuff now. you got to keep doing more stuff, um, have more activities in your day-to-day life. Like, you need to mm. do Japanese and all this stuff. So that was just one of the things I picked up. So last weekend um, was the Swansea 10K, which is another race I signed up to. And I've never ran any farther than 5k before. So you can imagine how that was going to go. How did it go? Uh, Well, okay, I'll start with the uh, Swansea 5k. Um, Basically, like I said, I've been training for it. So I had run about 7k by the end of it, like Mm. actual training. Like I could run a decent like distance... And be okay with it. Don't get out of breath and feel like I could keep going. So come the day, uh, I was a little nervous and just a little apprehensive. Like, I don't know if you've ever done a race at all, Adam. No. No. Simply Uh, no. No, I I didn't really know what to expect. Like, you kind of see on TV and television that everyone just gets into a pen and you start running. And it's Mm. just a bunch of fun. Like, no one's competitive or anything. Um... And while that's generally the case, when you get in that pen at the start of the line, mm. just the amount of people with their eyes on you just makes you really nervous not to trip up coming out of the gate. And that was the oh, only no. thought going through my mind was, uh, whatever you do, doesn't matter what time you you do, doesn't matter how fast you run, just get out no. of there, don't trip up, and don't be an embarrassment. Being hemmed in amongst uh, that crowd yeah. of people and just the fear of kicking somebody in the wrong way yeah. as you're leaving this pen you were describing, that sounds mortifying and that's yeah, that's perfectly viable for o- you. Although in the, on the Swansea one, um, I said, because basically they, they split the pens up. I didn't realise this, although it makes sense going there. Hmm. Um, they split you up into your predicted times so that the faster people get out ahead hmm. so you're not slowing them down and you don't have and the faster people don't have to run around you or try and dodge um, or like or, the, or vice versa like the slow people don't need to like dodge out of the way of the faster people uh, so casual uh, people shall we say ca- yeah or, or casual the people casual yeah people. Um, so I put myself down for like finishing the 10k in under an hour mm-hmm. which I thought was a reasonable amount of time considering I haven't run or I haven't done this before hmm Go in there, and there's this... They have, like, people with the flags that are pace markers. So they are people that say, uh, this is the hour mark. If you stay behind me, you will finish this in an hour. Hmm. That guy turned around and started saying, uh, to sort of get everyone motivated, because as we started to go into the pens for the start of the race, it started to rain. Oh, no. And that was a... Yeah, that was a bit uh, demoralizing. Yeah. So he turned around and just tried to keep spirits up. He was like, come on guys we could do it yeah and yeah. then everyone with me he started doing jumping jacks yeah keep yourself and warm yeah keep yourself warm but like the pen was no bigger than like the roads right and there was like hundreds of people crammed into this little space like i couldn't move my arms and like i'm i'm a quite a tall person and like i couldn't move left or right couldn't put my arms out like it, it was that crammed together hmm and he was like, yeah, let's just do jumping jacks. <laughs> and, like, some people, is, you could see behind me, like, some people started to do it and realized that they are going to just smack people, so they mm. stopped. And then he was like, yes, no, right, everyone um, jump on the spot, and we're on the spot. You could see, like, people 
barely doing this activity in this cramped space. But yet he was so determined to motivate everyone to do their best that I just kind of admired him for it. That's lovely. Yeah. So cool person. Yeah. Yep. He took my mind off um, the fact I might possibly make a huge fool of myself by jumping. But it went okay. Basically, we stood there. They did the um, announcement of like, hey, uh, here is the race you're doing, why we're doing it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then you start. And you start running. You're just like ducking and diving out of the way of everyone. Like I like I didn't know what to expect. Like what, what do you expect? Are people flying? It sounds as though people are flying. Yeah. yeah. Kind, we're kind of like people are like running past you at speed. Okay. Like some people are clearly there just to only overtake people. Sure. But like I, I didn't know if like there was an etiquette of like how you run. Like should you like on the road? Should you just if if keep keep to the left and then let everyone else overtake you on the right? Or is it that you all give each other like an arm's length away from each other? No one's close together. Mm. And I was just running, going right. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I just started running outside the course because I was so nervous about, like, <laughs> interfering with someone else's, like, run time or something. Sure. Um, but it, it was really silly. Like, it turned out to be okay. Um, I ran the 10k the in... Pardon? You oh, yeah, so... So, we run on the roads in the Swansea 10k. Mm-hmm. And um, they basically close off one lane of traffic. Right. And then cars can come down the other way. But, obviously... People of Swansea are quite savvy to the fact that this is on, so no one actually comes down here. Sure. So I, I just broke out of the um, that one road, sorry, one lane that they shut down and just ran the other side. Right. Like, there was nothing coming. Loads of people were doing it, but it means that you can get out of the way of people who need to, who in the early stages wanted to break ahead and overtake people. Sure. You're not in anyone's way. You just kind of let people go. How, ma- how many people would you say were running? I don't know. Um, of that one, the the Cardiff one was insane, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I think of the Swansea one, I think there's five thousand people. Wow. Okay. Five thousand people which, in the street. Which was a lot of people. Yeah. And like the the course isn't that long. Basically, you went up a road and then you turned back on yourself and came down like a path mm-hmm. next to the road. So at no point did you were you not surrounded by people. Like I never was just running by myself at any point. Sure. Which I thought like we would like the pack would break up and you would just be on your lo- own sorry would break up and you'd just be by yourself just yeah. running I, I, but yeah no it was just, there was a staggering amount of people and like obviously all the costumes were hilarious <laughs> there's one guy in a rhino costume Bro. which I quite appreciated like it was like um, not a two man rhino costume like he was just wearing the rhino head and like this insanely heavy sort of like I don't know like a plastic shell like a beetle? Sure. I, I don't wheels. know. I should have taken a picture of himself. At the feet? Yeah. Um, he had like hole. rhino um, or elephant shoes. Like, sure. you know, like the sort of furry, rounded, cylinder-shaped feet that an elephant would have. Running in those. Yeah. He uh, he quickly fell behind a lot of people. But, um, no, it, it was just a lot of fun. I... I just kind of did it as something to, as something I'd never done before, and I thought, well, I might as well do one of these things because they're on all the time. It's mm. a good way to like get in shape, and you can just work towards it slowly. And I just had a lot of fun. 
awesome. I did the 10k in like 53 minutes, which was a good time considering I, at best, thought I would do it in an hour. Well, now you have a personal so, best for next year. Yes, I have a personal best for next year. There you go. Uh, so I was happy with that, and um, I think next year I will uh, try and beat it. And then I did the Cardiff Marathon, which uh, was a complete... Uh, I don't know. That was an experience and a half. I don't I don't know if you, living so close to Cardiff all your life, uh, have ever been to the Cardiff Marathon. If it goes through the city centre, that's about as close as I come, would come to understand how the marathon would work. What are you uh, getting so, at? So, um, it, this year, I think, was one of the biggest years of the amount of people who actually signed up. Sure. And I, being my first year, this was also the first year that they're uh, streaming this and recordings for live television on the BBC. Oh wow! Okay. So the sheer again, like the sheer amount of people. Like I thought Swansea was big. There was like fifteen hundred people there. Wow. Possibly more. And you're just walking through like Cardiff, just trying to get to the runners' village, just mm. to put your bag down somewhere before you can race. <laughs> and you're just fighting and not fighting. You're not just. Fighting. Um, <laughs> You're punching everyone on the way there. No, These uh, are my lockers. Yes, ah, I'll beat you. Uh, no, it's just put, like slowly making your way through like crowds of people, just trying to get to like where you could put your bag down. It was yeah. insane. Like I was just dumbfounded. Like I, again, having no expectation, just thought, oh, it would be like five thousand people. You you just walk up, put your bag down, just go. Hmm. But like I, at every point. There was a queue for everything. There was a queue just to get into the runners' village, where only people who signed up are allowed. Right. There were the then you would have to queue to get near the baggage area, so you could put your bag down. And mm. then on the way out, there were people queuing for the toilets, so you had sure. to go through them again. And there was no way to kind of like separate yourself out and get around anyone. You just kind of had to sit in the queue, and it was just a really weird experience. And there was um, you could tell who had run the marathon before and people who were new to this hmm. by some people were running through all these people like already jogging on the spot trying to get around people just hmm. running on like grass getting around like the big queues and there were other people who were trying to like push themselves through other people like you could tell the people that are running right now are the people who have got bounds of energy and know that they are going to do well in this marathon Sure. Because they're already running, which is like to me is a crazy thing to do before a marathon. They already did a lap around Cardiff to warm up. Yes. Yeah, that was the other thing. Getting off the train, I saw people running part of the route, <laughs> and I was like, "Why? Why are you doing this? Don't do this now." <laughs> Conserve um, your energy. Yes, please. Um, and then, basically, I I signed up. Uh, sorry, signed up. I got there, put my bag down. I met a couple of friends who were doing the run, not with me, but they had signed up as well. Cool. So I said to hi, hi to them, and then you get funneled into a uh, pen. Yeah. Again, based on your own time, and you're standing in this pen, and like, they have balloons for like the different uh, for the different times and the different starts. Okay. And I and I was standing in the middle of mine. Mine was like the second to last slowest or the the, the casual group. Mm -hmm. Um I was standing in the middle of mine and I could barely see the balloons for the people in front of us. <laughs> like it was that many people in each of the um pens. It, it was just a sea of them. You couldn't really see where like 
the fastest people were. You couldn't see where the people behind us were. Mm. You could only vaguely see the balloons, like, popping out this sea of heads. And then once, like, the race started, you just saw people move and it was... It, you know, like, in movies when you see, like, rampaging, um, like, animals and yeah. heads just running past, you get that really, like, uh, deep thud sound. Sure. It just sounded like that. It was incredible. It just made me feel rush. Yeah, you're just like, yes, I'm gonna do this, and you start running, and you give it all you got, and then um, being woefully under underprepared uh, for a marathon, which is 22k or 13 and a half miles. Oh boy. Um, yep. Uh, I hadn't run that far before, so I was like, right, I'm just gonna keep going. I'll just, I'll just take short breaks here and there, and I'll, I'll be fine. I got to the 10k mark, which was around the halfway mark, and was like, I'm, I'm dying. I'm so, so out of energy. I am, I, I need to stop running. My legs are hurting. Yeah. And, um, you just see all these people running past, and it was, like, really friendly as well, because people were like, because you have your name on your time, on your bib, Mm. like, you get given a number that you have to wear. Mm -hmm. Because your name is there, there was a lot of people, like, just come on Simon come on you can do it and like Aww. urging you to go on and then I found myself like turning to people go like come on Sam you could do it come on and like it's just really friendly like I expect it to be surprisingly competitive or just people were there only focusing on yeah. their time but you'd be surprised how like nice it all was and how friendly the whole experience was that sounds really lovely I encouraging just, yeah I yeah I just recommend it um I was surprised how fun it was i hated every moment of running it though (laughs) um by the end i was in tears almost just by like my legs were hurting my feet were hurting yeah uh i miscounted the miles as well near the end so i got so they have they have mile markers uh here and there Mm. to sort of show your progress and just make sure that you know where you are I saw the mile marker for um, 11. Mm-hmm. And in my head, just maybe because I was just dehydrated and exhausted, mm. I thought, great, then this is it's one mile left. I just got to get to the 12. That's half of um, what a marathon is. So that would be half a marathon there. So right. I, I kept running, got to the 12. I was like, all right, it hasn't stopped. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> I kept going, going. Right, it's not ending. What's happening? And I saw the 13. I was like, 13 miles. Oh, God. What, what's happening? Oh, no. And you kept running. And, like, it just seemed endless after it. I was so exhausted. Like, because I had thought, well, if it's only a mile left, I'll just I'll run it now. I'll, I'll just put all my energy in. I'll sprint to the end. It'll uh-huh. be fine. And then, yeah, that was just a, like, it just took the wind out of my sails. I was like, oh. Uh-oh. No, identifying your pace. I'd imagine yeah. is key. Yeah, but uh, short story, like it was like it was a really fun experience. I did it in the whole uh, marathon in two hours and twenty-two minutes. Oh, sorry, two hours and twenty minutes, Ooh. which isn't a great time. But for my first attempt, I'm happy with that. I think that's a reasonable time to get around. Sure. Um, they also. Uh, as you go through, they give you all the goodie bags as well. They give you your medal, and there was just a crate of bananas. And I've <laughs> never seen people go so mad at like just yanking whole like bunches out of the out of the um, crates and just walking off with them. 
I've never heard of it, bananas it, but... being handed out at the end of a race. It's usually bacon sandwiches. Is it? I thought. No. I thought, yeah, yeah, you need all the energy back. And the best way no. is usually through something sloppy and horrible. Uh, I See, I thought that because my mistake immediately after the marathon was I walked to the nearest like uh, fast food restaurant yeah. and just ordered the worst thing I could possibly find. Great. And it was the worst mistake of my life. I, I hated every second of it. I just yeah. was like, right, I feel sick. I'm just going to put this down. And I'm going to get on the train and go home and just fall asleep. Yeah. But, yeah, it was fun. Huh, okay. Um Cool. It was fun. Uh, I'm currently in the process of signing up for more marathons and 10Ks. I think Sweet. I think if if I don't do this, I will just fall into the, like, I just won't, I won't sign up again. Like, if I don't sign up for more now, I will mm. just trick myself into thinking, oh, I don't actually need to do them again. But if I sign up to them now when I'm still in this, like, kind of honeymoon phase of still really enjoying that experience, mm. I'm more likely to do more. Your running phase. Yes. It's a good phase. Running. It's a good healthy no, phase. Yes. Uh, I recommend it though. Um, and also cool. to Julian, a uh, quick uh, shout. He probably doesn't listen to this at all, but uh-huh. th- this man came up to me near the end of the race when I had that like realization that there was still a long way left to go. Right. And pretty much kept my spirits up and ran with me near the end. And it was that, that guy helped me. I probably would have, uh, got a worse time if he wasn't there um sure. so if you're out there thank you <laughs> you're the reason i finished from one corner of the internet to the real world thank you yes thank you what was his name again julian julian yes thank you thank, thank you. you for helping no, my that's... friend simon yes that's been end. that's basically been my week really cool. i've done some other stuff but i've been dying to ask you considering what was it? What was planned last week? So was planned How last did it go week. on Friday? How uh, did it go at the VNA? Yeah, it was really fun. I was, I was just going to immediately throw out there. I was going to say outright. A, a blast was had. A blast, a blast was had. Was had. Mm-hmm. By who? It was, it was, well, me, because it was fun. Uh, I, you know, I, it was a really good experience. I was a little bit disappointed uh, on a few fronts, but other than that, people seem to really enjoy it. The yeah. lead up was well, it involved a lot of crunch, as it yeah. tends to, which is not ideal. What's what you expect from being very close to showing off your game in the first public venue? Yeah, it's so yeah. No, the game is in no way. It was in no way meant to be ready to be shown and it was basically a case where 80% oh should I say 80% let's say no let's be reasonable about 40% of the game that I showed at the VNA was made the night before uh, wow yes that's it, horribly um, <laughs> irresponsible of you yes no I, I'd managed to play test a lot of it beforehand it was just this last little bit that took up a good few hours of sleep uh, the prior night so that was uh, tiring uh, for one but exciting uh, anyway uh, with the VNA everything was leading up to it and we were setting up the stalls people got to get their hands on it and I'd say it was at least a 90% success rate I'd say a lot of people really enjoyed it 
at least from what I could tell. Anyway, the ten percent involved. I think two players uh, basically got up and walked away because they didn't get it, which is perfectly wow. reasonable. The one level that they both left on. I think I need to rework the cues as to how they should uh, solve it. Let me think. Uh, yeah. The rest of the 90%, I'd say a good number of them picked up on a lot of things. I I hate doing this, where I have to be yeah. horrendously vague. Uh, as, I, as I was saying to you before we started, I didn't really yeah. want to go too far into this. It's only because no. this will be largely ambiguous and I can't go into such explicit detail about what the game is. It's only because that is what very much what the game is. It is about its secrets and, and all that fun stuff all of that. yeah like, um wait if, if you if you can't talk about the game that much can i ask you a couple of questions because last week you were worried about a couple of things i just wanted to follow that up with you in terms of like you were really worried about would people get within the first couple of moments of playing the game what mm. the game was did, yes did anyone like give you any feedback like that or because if it was that generally positive it seems like like your worry wasn't really founded in that most people got in there and kind of understood what the game was. Yeah, I managed to tack on a bit of context to the beginning of the game, if only to feed people in, and I think it served that purpose quite well. But before I was just dropping people into the space and just kind of expecting them to let them roll with the punches. The problem with that is they have no agency as to why they're in that space to begin with. So if I have a transitory moment where I have them going from at least one uh, largely different looking scene off into another one, then at least there's a connected thread between there that they can start pulling in their own questions and saying, well, what has changed and why is this different? And I think that lends itself quite readily to them enjoying the rest of the game or the demo that they did last week. I didn't have anybody explicitly say or ask well, what happened at the beginning. I think they just kind of accepted it and whether or not yeah. they're able to come to those conclusions that I wanted them to see. I don't think I really care at this point because I they those, that 90% really enjoyed it and I'm happy with that. Uh, if I were to do a playtest in the future I would probably press a little more hardly but uh, with this with exhibition space with the public coming into play they will have their time and they would have either enjoyed it or not yeah i, yeah. I saw some pictures because you put it on twitter um hmm. of just people like crouching down and taking photos of the uh, like yeah that screensaver you were um, displaying on the monitor yeah uh, was was that just playing like the game again <laughs> uh kind of but not uh it was uh, just rolling security footage of the space, and uh, you know it was. It's you, a lot of. If you don't stick around, you'll see. Uh, it, you, you'd imagine it was just a screensaver, and it was just going through a, or a slideshow. Even uh, you'd yeah. imagine it was a slideshow, and it was just going through screenshots of the game. But uh, one prominent feature of the game is that it has a day-night cycle, and that is an actual rendering of the scene uh, yeah. live, and things happen in there. Uh, yeah, no, that that was uh, basically the setup. One monitor showing that off, and the other being the thing that the people played. And mm. hopefully, I'm going to say tomorrow. I was coming up with a bit of trouble with some code earlier today, uh, t- all to do with the day-night cycle, actually. Yeah. And I'll probably just release that uh, as it is. Oh, Piecemeal cool. is that the that's the phrase. 
I, I would it be like a shareware out. demo or something like that? It'll be on itch.io. Oh, yeah, put on itch.io. Yeah, and okay. I'll, I've put a button in so that people can just hide the words untitled and a first-person jaunt, which Ooh. is the tagline. That, that's such a good tagline, by the way. <laughs> but also, you should do oh, that. Yeah. I, because... I, yeah. Quickly before you do, you should release that because then we can actually talk about some of the stuff about the game on the podcast without having okay. to be vague because people yeah. could play it or okay, just see sure. a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay. I yeah the the actual demo itself. I need to. I found some bugs while I was playing it. The VNA. Yeah. Uh, and I know what I need to do. But hopefully that bugs. will go up at some point. That actual demo will go up on itch.io at some point. Uh. But yes. No. Uh. The <laughs> so. I had this lovely American fellow uh, come up and talk to me, and he just said, "John, the John is a fantastic word. I I love the English language." And he was talking about, uh, I guess, his exposure to the British language. I uh, quite early on was through YouTube channels like Total Biscuit. That he that was the first thing that he described to me is what's through a watching narrow, him. What's a narrow view to have like your like entire like summation? No, 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 no. Probably not. Probably not just exclusively through him, but just that was the first thing that came up. And I, I don't know, just I had this lovely conversation that lasted about 10 minutes with him, just him professing his love for the English language. I'm like, you're a wonderful human being. Um, let me think. What other? There were some really lovely experiences uh, watching the players uh, go through the game because I, as... As we've already detailed, it's this was yeah. the first public testing of people playing the game, so it was lovely getting not only new uh, new new people playing the game, but also people who wouldn't so normally go into this sort of thing naturally. Uh, people who probably don't play games on the regular and just yeah. uh, okay, I guess I'm here now. I'm gonna play this video game. Uh, so there was a group of people that really hit all the cues really quite well and. Another, uh, there was just this, uh, she must have been seven years old, a seven-year-old girl uh, who, was in a, who was in a primary school uniform. She was the darnest thing. She was, she was adorable. She was so adorable. My goodness. She, uh, she reached the part at the end of the demo. And she was like, this is scary. Yes, Aww. it is. It is. But you're reacting so lovingly to it. Oh, you're, you're great. Uh, she picked up on it so much, uh, so much quicker than anybody else. It was insane. Uh, she really—it's wow. not that she flew through the demo, but she really enjoyed every part of it, and I came away feeling all warm and snuggly over it. Uh, and she, yeah, no, she was she was fantastic. Uh, I ended up spoke, uh, speaking to her, I guess, uh, grandfather, uh, who was a developer himself, and oh, we, right. we were talking over uh, coding in C sharp and using Unity. And using engines yeah. in general, actually. Uh, I was about so to ask, what cool. a weird thing for like a grandfather to bring your daughter to. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to go and play some video games at this place. Uh, no, no, she was super lovely. Uh, I can't think of... Oh, well, we can go into what I spoke about on Twitter uh, oh, yes. incredibly briefly. Uh, right at the end of the show, we were starting to pack up a... Uh, fellow, uh, and I, I think his girlfriend came along and basically poured his heart out saying uh well i i'll first say word for word what he said everything was utter shite in comparison to what you have here um, oh wow and i i was i was 
either I was confused. I was I was basically thrown completely. I didn't really know what to say except for okay because it was yeah. hard to really take praise for something when you're also trashing on everybody else's work and I don't we- think anything like that should be no. Well, it, it's it's not it's it's not really a way to really praise. I'm repeating myself, but it's not but any good. Were, were the other um, participants in the room at that point? Uh, so no, we were quite far spread apart. But so uh, no, they couldn't have eavesdropped and heard that. Okay. Uh, but I I think I made it clear on Twitter anyway that yeah. this is this was said, just not to such a ferocious degree. He was quite passionate about it, which was. Again, it, it was confusing. I was it really, it was really loving, and I felt really yeah. uh, grateful for it. And but at the same time, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't accept this gift you're giving me right now. No. Um, and then I, I, I uh, we spoke afterwards. A praise and insult. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we were, we, we were talking after that uh, about what. Uh, why I made it in the first place and how it looks as uh, as a game and it was really cool but also not (laughs) which is basically to summarize that entire experience Um, I'd said earlier that I was quite disappointed uh, about something about the the show in general how can you be disappointed with all that like praise especially like leading up to it and speaking to you with all that, like leading up to it, like your worry about the game and sort of how people would perceive it, to come back with such positive, like reactions to it, like yeah. I don't, how can you, how can you possibly de- be disappointed, Adam? It was more so in the show itself. The uh, setup was there were industry people uh, out in the main atrium of the VNA, and we, where I was set up, along with. Uh, other people, uh, my friends and such, uh, we were quite a ways off to the side. So if you didn't have a leaflet or you didn't have, uh, I, I don't know, your your friends, you, you'd want to stay by their side. And if they didn't show any interest or anything like that, you're not going to you're not going to pour in down to where we were. And that's largely one yeah. part of why I do exhibitions is that I want people to see this. I want I want the gatekeepers of the industry to come and say, "Wow, this is awfully interesting. Let's let's go to our Twitters. Let's go let's go and talk about it somewhere." That's one part of why people do anything to do with exhibitions. Is of course to talk to like-minded industry developers and yeah, and to also talk to friends and make new ones. But you can't ignore the other aspect of all of this, which is to get something made yeah. and get people talking. That That is marketing 101, is to have that dialogue with people online, that dialogue in these spaces, that this is something that I ultimately want to see fully fleshed out and developed. Uh, yeah. But like, I've never really... Uh like especially when i worked in the film industry and working here mm. um obviously right now i don't go to any expositions or doing stuff where i show off publicly but mm. in films like obviously you understand that you're going there mainly as not well not self pro um self-promotion mm. but you're going there to show off a piece and show it to people who are likely to have 
an interest and be able to uh, progress you forward. Mm. Uh, you seem to have done a lot of these. Is this like, obviously this isn't standard in terms of like being in this venue, but mm. like have other venues felt more like built around showing games in an interesting way and sort of like it's easy to move around, it's easy to go and see people. Yeah, it just absolutely. feels like the because the, the, like I was confused when you you told me about it, like that it was in the fashion um, exhibit. Yeah. And I didn't quite believe you until I saw the pictures. Yeah, no, I was uh, in front of some uh, fashionable women's swimwear from the 60s, I think. I can't remember the plaque. but What a weird juxtaposition, though, between, <laughs> like, here's a video game, and then here's, like, women's um, swimwear from the 1960s. It's... Yeah. It felt weird that at nine o'clock at night there were people still wandering around the museum and more were more interested in looking at the exhibit than your game uh, oh. directly in front of it. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was impressing people to hey would you like to play my game? It's very much a case of like people being there for what they came to see and yeah. I'm not going to really push that on people, it, especially because we are in a museum and public are still here doing their thing, yeah. uh, staring at women's swimwear from the sixties. Uh, well, you got to have something to do on a Friday night. Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were we talking about before? <laughs> uh, oh, yes, uh, we're, we're more with other venues that I've personally exhibited more welcoming. Uh, it's it's not that we weren't welcomed. It's just the focus was out there in the atrium where there were these fantastic yeah. cabinets from uh, We Throw Switches, uh, a guy, uh, a thing I think run by a guy called Andrew Dice who's super lovely yeah. and I haven't spoken to in years. Uh, I ended up talking to him very briefly. Uh, and it, it's, I'd never got a chance to actually look out in the atrium myself, uh, but I'd imagine that's, that's where people were more... That's where the drinks were, that's where the bar was, that's where uh, the DJs were, that's where all the activity was. And then I'd say at least uh, half a minute's walk down the hall, that's where we yeah. were. And nobody's going to make the journey unless... They were either they, prompted they know you're down there. or yeah, if they knew anybody down there, if I don't, I just don't think it was that kind of show. I don't think it was that kind of show to really explore your options. It was more so a meet and greet for a friend's past, and if you didn't know anybody down there, then what's really the point? Yeah. It's kind Wait, of upsetting. Oh, have you got any other expeditions coming up where you're going to show this game off again, or are you Cause e- I used expeditions? To you earlier. Expeditions. I can't speak, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, I can't speak. Uh, no, but yeah, you are you into like crunch time now, or are you going to keep showing this game off for the next couple of months and I'm, get more feedback? Yeah, I'm going to keep pushing this thing. I'm going to. Uh, well, I'm not going to it, but I'm showing this game in Texas in November. Ooh. Uh, Wait, just you're just shipping it over there. I'm <laughs> sending them a copy. Uh, I'll have a table. Uh, I might, I will see how things go. I might actually be able to go. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, I recently sent off uh, the game, or a very early version of the game, uh, earlier than last week's, uh, to a show in Spain uh, where you just have to do a 20 minute talk at this show yeah. and they'll pay for everything uh, expenses oh, wow. and accommodation. Food, all that is that jazz. equivalent of like a GDC kind of venue where you're going to talk about a subject about that game? Basically, yeah. Okay. 
Um, I think that'd be really cool. smaller. Uh, GDC is huge, but smaller in scale yeah. and Spanish. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, what this is. Um, uh, is that the tagline for that venue? <laughs> GDC is huge, and this is in Spanish. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. No. Uh, like GDC, but Spanish. Yes. There you go. There you that's go. The, that's the podcast title this week. We've already established how great my taglines are. Yes. They, they'd be spotless so far. 100%. It, it, it's horrid that I can't name things, but my taglines, they're not bad. Perfect. Great. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones you've come up with. None if spring any. to mind. Yeah, no, there you go. Okay, so that's the end of that. I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah. for, to be well, further... What else? Uh, I guess... Yeah. To be further reinforced with future taglines we'll see yes uh well the other thing we've been doing this week um i guess me and you briefly discussed about this before coming on but Mm. we want to start doing some streaming yes hop on twitch open up obs say hey yes we're gonna play some cuphead yes possibly Mm. because obviously like because when we first started talking about this podcast, you wanted to do streaming, and I was very apprehensive about the whole idea. But, but. I've been spending the week playing around with OBS, so mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I've am i come around to the idea, so hopefully we can do some streaming. Yes. But Cuphead has just come out, and we're both fans, and can't wait to play this game. So yes. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but you've got some ideas. We, we can't, so... Uh, I don't want to say anything set in stone because we know how that generally works out. Uh, yes. But I would say we first need to do a test stream. We first need to actually see that this will work uh, mm. as a thing. But if we were to do a stream, it will probably be, as I've called it, a Cuphead Boss Rush uh, race. Yes. Because we can't... It's not multiplayer online. It's local. Uh, much to our dismay as much, we were yes. researching this the other day. Yeah, we didn't realise they didn't even have a peer-to-peer connection or anything like that it's uh, just local unfortunately so what we would do is you you also came up with a really good idea earlier but that would that would also mean having picture in picture to work yes uh, being my able to idea pull each other's stream down and putting it on our own sorry yeah my idea was that we would try and beat the game but if one of us dies the other player starts playing so then it's over. just a race. Yeah. So I can't play while Adam's playing until well, until Adam dies, then I can start playing, and then it's a race to can finish the world, um, that that world or the entire game. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about. But format. we don't know what we're going to do with yeah. it though, really, at the moment. Yeah. But it's just an idea. Uh, as we said, we're not committed, but mm. uh, tentatively, we might do some streaming next week. Yeah. On the off weeks. On the off weeks. Or yes. just on we'll the do, weekends. Um, well, yeah, on the weekend. There are... Streaming is such a fantastic thing of the modern day. Like, it's something that can obviously exist, mm-hmm. like, 10, 15 years ago, hmm. in the same way as it does now. And just I think it's just a... TV. It, oh, my God. I can't... I, for, I forgot. That became Twitch, didn't it? That became Twitch, I believe, yes. Because... Oh, what was the other one? There was another, like, streaming service at the time. You stream... That would... Uh, there's a good number of them. They were all uh, terrible. Ju- yeah. <laughs> I remember um, giantbomb.com. This is really bad, and I shouldn't say this out loud. Go on. They used to do... They have a premium content section, so you would have to like have a membership to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. They would stream it on justin.com. 
and that would not be behind the paywall. So you used to just be able to watch everything if you went to justin.com and then watch the giant bomb stream. You can't tell people this. It's okay. Well, obviously, justin.com uh, is now gone, and ah. I'm pretty so sure Twitch does not store streams past a certain date anyway. Right, okay. I don't no, know. I'm sure the we old stuff has been wiped ever since yeah. they took them over. Also, we are obviously both experts at stream, mm -hmm. as you can tell. Oh, yes. Uh, at stream? At Twitch, That's... as you can tell. I can't speak today. I'd have I think they'd be synonymous. A... I think you're right. Yes. Yes. I, I don't. You stream exists as a service, and I think they had a partnership with PlayStation or Xbox. Xbox, and I have never heard anything from it. It's it's all no. been Twitch. Didn't didn't PlayStation buy them because they had that Playroom that came with PS4. Twitch is owned by Amazon. Uh, Amazon is Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about PlayStation or Sony. Stream or whatever the service Sony bought out one of them. Because there were those right. amazing stories when the PS4 came out that um, uh, people were playing Live Room and basically it was kind of like um, the iToy camera, if you remember that from the PS2, mm. where it would just show video of you and then track some items to you. So you'd be like playing a game where you're punching bags left and right and the screen would interact. They oh, right. released the they released Playroom, which was like you spawn a robot and it would interact with you based on the camera. Right. People were just hosting talk shows yeah. via the um, iToy app yeah. and the camera. They weren't playing the game part of it. They were just using that camera, would invite <laughs> guests on, plug <laughs> microphones into the PS4 controllers, yeah. stream it over the internet, and just have discussions. Like There were uh, discussions about games, movies. There was like just general talk. It was like a like secret part of the internet that exists in this very obscure way. Yeah. And it was fascinating to watch. Underground streaming. Until, yes. Um, sadly, um, though, that all went away. Because if you give the internet this powerful tool, you know immediately they're going to abuse it. And um, there was some underage drinking that happened on this platform and uh -huh. some other nefarious stuff that uh, ultimately ended uh, those chat shows. But for a glorious, like, two weeks... There was this underground network of like podcasts and chat show hmm. hosts and weird elaborate sets that just amazed me um, coming out of like the PlayStation's launch. I think the most positive thing I could say about it was, yo, that um, was it. The uh, playroom stuff is amazing. <laughs> I think anyone should buy a PS4 just for that stuff. Just for, for now a redundant service. Yes. Great. Well, well, not now, obviously. Now, don't buy a PlayStation for that. It doesn't exist. But at the time, I would have totally recommended <laughs> buying a PlayStation based on that one app. And it wasn't even a game. There was no like actual game part other than here's this robot flying around. Sure. But I remember exactly now. Yeah, no, I, I remember yeah. the previews at E3 when they were showing off the new tech. I say new tech is a webcam on top of a PlayStation yeah. 4. Um, yeah, uh, unmoderated streaming. It was effectively yes. those two weeks, and people were getting away with a whole lot, yeah, uh, yeah. which is not good. Shall um, ooh, what are we doing now? Um, I could quickly talk about a pong update, and then we could ooh. go into the medium stuff. Pong, talk us, uh, talk, talk us about pong. So yeah, in in a, 
in testing the uh, OBS stuff for streaming, uh, I've been recording myself coding and mm. doing all kinds of stuff, actually, to be honest. Not nefarious stuff like in Playroom. No, um, no, 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 no. No, that can't have a repeat of that ever. But um, just no. testing it out, I, I recorded myself editing last week's podcast and just just to see how it would go and while that footage is ungodly boring <laughs> just watching my face listen to the same six seconds of audio while i decide what i need to cut out i probably won't ever release it um i started on your recommendation last week when we talked about rubber duck um programming oh yeah uh i took that to heart and i really actually enjoyed that idea and I thought, well, I'm not going to just talk to an item because I don't feel like that would be beneficial for me later on. Hmm. What would be better if I talked to my webcam and record it? <gasps> so I started, as I said uh, last week, we've been programming Pong every Wednesday. Hmm. I started recording my coding sessions. And every time I would run into an issue, I would just talk to the webcam my issues out loud hmm. it'd be surprising how like effective that was okay i I, I ended up fixing a lot of weird issues ran into a, a lot of dumb ones as well but like yeah it's really effective just to like talk for your issue and say right what well, this is what the codes are actually doing and just reading it out loud and then you get to a point where you're like okay that's obviously it and you you fix it yeah but i don't know what i'm going to do with this yet okay but i might start streaming this every i don't know maybe every once a week yeah or i'm going to just edit this down into a highlight reel um i'm currently working out the uh logistics around it but yeah it it's something i actually really enjoy and i recommend anyone out there if you're doing rubber if you if you're doing anything at all that's sort of mildly complex and you run into an issue like adam said last week uh, rubber duck uh, programming is a fantastic way to get around it and uh, if, if you record it you have the perks of later on when you forgot how you solved that issue you can go back and watch the video and be like okay that's how I did it and that's my logic behind why I did that Okay, I never, it's just okay. been a useful tool I never thought about the archiving process and how that actually also lends itself because if it was just you in front of your webcam not saying anything it's not yeah. going to be any good to you later. But actually referring back to that and you actually expressing out loud into the space what your problem yeah. is, that actually, that's actually quite a useful way of doing it. That actually that ascends what rubber duck programming is capable yeah. of. So congratulations on discovering that. There's also some other like interesting things I found out about it uh, just by this, the necessity of your recording it. Sure. Was... Um, when like you encounter like oh i want to do this with the codes i would hmm. go to the internet and just google it and you would just like you would find yourself sitting on a page for 30 seconds just quickly read a paragraph and then unbeknownst to you you've absorbed that information and you've moved on hmm. and when you go to code it you're like wait where did i get that idea from and then hmm. you can go back and look at all the web pages sure you quickly glanced at to see where you got that information from originally hmm. and you can sort of deep dive into that a bit more it's been so useful that I just recommend doing it. If you've cool. got a webcam and you don't need like a fancy one, just something that will record you and audio, hmm. um, I just recommend doing it. it. It's it's fantastic. You're catching uh, desktop I've, too. 
yeah, I've been using OBS for that. Like, if you want to do that way, yes, go and get OBS or any sort of streaming service. Hmm. You don't even need OBS. Just record, get, I don't know, something like Fraps or if you want to be super retro at this point, go and get Hyperdescam version 2 oh, and have that watermark at the top. And just record your desktop, record you, and just talk. And it, it's helped, I think. I think I... I been shocked at how effective it's been i kind of did it as a one-off thinking oh this would be really fun yeah. to do just to test this out but i've i've become addicted to it and it's made me code a little bit more as well um in the meantime just to wrap up it's it's just been it's been a useful thing to do and anyone out there please just just go and try it if you if you code or if you are currently studying something or you are mm. in the process of learning a new skill just try recording yourself while you do it you don't need to look you don't need to release it anywhere you don't need to make it look professional just 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 record yourself because it's it's been one of the most useful tools i've discovered this year and i i recommend it cool yeah no uh i'd imagine well i've always had a fear of if I ever started doing recording stuff, I'd then have to worry about uh, hardware space, which has always been a problem. Yes. Me. So live streaming remedies that quite handily. Mm. You you and, you do something like this anyway, don't you? In terms of you, your other podcasts. My other podcast, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, no. So that that is absolutely doing that as well, but it's uh, audio only yeah. as much as this one is, and that doesn't take up much space. I guess uh, I guess you don't even need a PC. You could get one of those like Sony recorders, like just one of those like fifteen pound ones that like a dictaphone, sure. and just put it on your yeah, desk no, yeah. while you while you do something. Yeah, 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 and yeah, just have it recording as you go. Well, that's good. Should we uh, sneakily slide in, Adam, to the oh, medium man. section? What a segue! Uh, let's. Well, what is, <laughs> yeah, well, I should not be in charge of segues going forward. No, 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 no. Every, everybody has a hand in the disaster that is the segue. Let me... Uh, wait, who did last week? Um, well, we did yours last week, didn't we? And we did your... Oh, I, I must have answered. Yes. Yes. So let me see... Well, no, I, I answered last week. Oh, did you answer? You answered last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, no, okay. So you need to find one for me. Uh, I'm going to medium.com. I'd imagine we're oh, looking I've, at. I've, I've got That's two. I've got I've, I've got two good ones. Okay. Uh, I'm indecisive about this. Um, Just go for the first one you saw. I got okay. I've got this amazing medium article that comes from uh, the front page of Medium. The dream that hides the ghosts. Oh man. The dream that hides the ghosts. And I'm just, I'm not going to spoil anything about what this is, but the description underneath confuses me even more about what this is about. Okay, that's a lovely title, if only because it's just, it it tells so much of a story already. Yes. Uh, the dreams that hide the ghosts. I don't know, do you want me to spurn off into a whole thing? I don't, you could absolutely go off and say, oh man, okay. Well, no, I'm just playing it up now and not actually doing it, which is annoying. <laughs> Uh, this might actually be a bad one for me. I've got a rough. I got. I got. The crazy thing I could think this would be about is like obviously the title is about. You could make it like a narrative out of it, but yeah. what if it is a Kickstarter, like page? 
and okay. that's the product. Is okay. here is a dream machine that will wipe dream that will wipe ghosts from dreams. It's hey guys, we're no more ghosts out of the Bay Area. Yeah, it's like it's like anti-ghost siren. That's what they're trying to sell, and this whole article explains the meaning of it. Okay. Yeah. No, we got ourselves a dream machine. We're going for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And what it does is basically it shoes all your troubles away. Uh, Justin, if you could describe further. I should be doing this all in American accent. Yes. Uh, uh, th- thank you, Adam. Well, clearly you've bought our last project, um, the Ghost uh, Remover 2000. It's the mm-hmm. same principle. We use science mumbo-jumbo to enter your mind in the same way Inception uses that briefcase. And then I cut and then in we and go just in say there buzzwords. And get, buzzwords. Uh, and then we get rid of only... Uh, any imagery that resembles ghosts. So if you're having horrible dreams, doesn't matter what they're about. If there's a ghost in there, we'll get rid of it. We can't guarantee you won't have any more bad dreams, but you won't have bad dreams with ghosts in it. It's a very single-minded project. We've only got one goal, and we do it very well. But that's it. Here at No More Ghosts, we say, what the fuck's a dream catcher? A dream catcher catches all negative dreams, doesn't it? And ghosts. I didn't think actually a dream catcher did anything in terms of... I thought it was just a myth that it caught bad dreams. It's placebo. Ah. It's just... Ah. Placable. Uh, Thank you, Yes, thank you. It's been a rather uh, slapdash episode this week, but Mm. there was a lot to talk about. Yes. Thank you extremely, everyone. Everyone. Every single one of you. Yes. For listening. Uh, quickly again and enjoying this podcast yes and also especially after last week where we uh, got quite a few extra um, listeners in randomly if I don't know how or why but welcome new that. listeners ok welcome new listeners apparently we have new listeners welcome mm. uh, quickly to end it uh, follow us on twitter at uh, oh god I forgot a twitter handle Adam quite committed quite committed it's quite committed I'm not committed to remembering that name yet ha uh, but yeah I've been Simon Birdle follow me at Simon Birdle on Twitter and I am Adam Curtis you can follow me on Twitter at Adam G Curtis the cream of the crap that is the worst whole yes <laughs> I've ever heard that sounded not only nothing like him, but no pop culture figure ever. 